Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Wallace from Redemption to the Nation's Church, and I'm grateful that we are going to have this opportunity to bring this message of hope, healing, and restoration to you and your family today. I want you to stay with me till the end. I'm going to come back and pray. Be blessed by the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 5, I will continue this morning this thought that I began last week on increasing spiritual capacity. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, uh-huh, y'all uh, had to break the Presbyterian off of y'all. Um, talk to him like you have the Holy Ghost and say, neighbor, God, say God is going to increase your spiritual capacity. Tell them this year, I declare greater mind, body, soul, and spirit. Every area of your life, greater. Tell them like you believe it, greater is on the way. Stretch us, Lord, do it. Luke chapter five, verse one. And when you have it, say amen. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he, Jesus, stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets and he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered him and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, nevertheless. How many are thankful that when you hear the voice of God, it is nevertheless, all the more. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat, filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the great catch of fish which they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with, say partners. Come on, say partners. Partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. Lord have mercy. This entire story is about what he's going to do for them in this story so that it shapes their future. Don't miss that. This story was about stretching these men of God because he knew what was going to happen in their life in the future. Can I tell you, whatever God is doing in your life right now and you feel like it's unbearable and you can't take it and oh God, I'm being stretched. If he's stretching you right now, it's because he sees something coming in your future and you got to be ready for it. Oh, look at your neighbor, tell him we're not gonna miss it. We're not gonna miss it. Lord have mercy. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid from now on you will catch men. So when they brought their boats back to land, they forsook all and followed him. Jesus helped me teach today and help them receive it. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of God. I told you last week um, that you stop where you stop. And this is not the year to stop where you usually stop or stop where I usually stop. This is the year to go beyond. In order to go beyond and encounter and experience what God wants to do in your life spiritually this year, 
we must first, as I said last week, tap into and believe the fact, listen, that God is the God of more. There is this thing we preach here called the more of God. Say the more of God. We do not just believe in the past of God. We do not just believe in the history of God. We do, we do not just believe in the, um, the, the, the sort of written down, recorded move of God in the past. We believe that there is more of God hidden than has ever been revealed. If we believe in the more of God, then we must ask the question, who is the more of God for? And we are audacious enough to believe that the more of God is for us, his people. That God has revealed himself historically and in, in the past to us, but he's not through revealing himself to us. The greater is still yet to come. The best is still yet to come. I don't say that it's some pie in the sky, you know, cute thing like, you know, we're we never going to have another bad day and all life is going to be tulips and roses and peanut butter and jelly. No, it's not that we are denying the fact that the enemy will show up. We are just rejecting the idea that he will win. We reject the idea that anything he does is greater than what God has purposed to do in our life. God's yes is bigger than the devil's no. God's promises are bigger than the problems the devil would attempt to create for your life and mine. Whose report will you believe? That's really what 2023 about is about. Whose report will you believe? If you add your faith to the lie of the devil, he may keep you up at night, wake you up early in the morning and keep you tired and stressed and all wore out. But if you will believe in the report of the Lord, you will sleep, you will rest, you will wake up, put your feet on the ground and you will be the devil's worst nightmare when you walk in the confidence that your God is up to something great in your life and I just believe you need to know that and, and how many are thankful that when God called you it wasn't a conference call when God called you it wasn't a conference call it wasn't let me get all these opinions and everybody else's input about what he's going to do in your life when God called you he put his hand on your life and gave you a purpose for which he placed you on this planet this is the year for somebody maybe not everybody maybe not even everybody on your road but somebody in this room today is hearing what I'm saying and you got this feeling that I feel like preaching here you got this feeling down on the inside of you that this is going to be the year where things get connected things start lining up things start Start happening in my life. It may not be my neighbor's year. My, my neighbor may be on Facebook tweeting people right now, text me, filing your nails and can't even hear what pastor's saying. But for me and my house, this is the year where God stretches us beyond where we've ever been stretched and begins to do something in us that he's never done before. This is the year for that. And I believe you need to tap into that and receive that. You need to begin to believe that. In order for God to stretch you and me and to increase our spiritual capacity, I want to understand it will probably involve breaking cycles. You cannot increase in spiritual capacity if you continue to walk with the same lid on your life that has been a limit for you and has sought to identify you and keep you bound in some sort of identity that is less than what God intended for you to have. In order for God to give you a year of increased spiritual capacity, he's going to have to break a cycle in your life. And he, he did that for Peter here in this text. And I want you to catch this. Peter has just come off of a fishing trip where he did not catch one fish. I told Cleveland this morning when my dad and I would come back home and we didn't catch any fish. And mom would say, how many did you catch? We act like we didn't hear what she said. If you, if you catch fish and then you take pictures and whether anybody asks or not, you come in and start showing everybody, this is what I caught today. Look what I caught. But if you catch nothing, you just hope nobody asks you what you caught. 
And the reality of it is, fresh off a season of failure, the Bible says that Jesus came to Peter and offers Peter an interruption to an intention that was on Peter to shake Peter and begin to make Peter think, maybe I don't know how to fish anymore. Hear me very clearly. The Lord that you serve, the God that saved you and rescued you will often break cycles to keep you from believing the lie that the enemy is attempting to put on your life and the enemy has evidence to support his claim that you're a failure because you caught no fish the night before and the enemy will use a season of failure as evidence. Lord, I feel this thing right here. A season of failure becomes evidence that you are not who you thought you were. You can't do what you said you could do. That maybe you don't have it down pat. Maybe you're not as, as victorious as you thought you were. You're not as straight and solid and life isn't as blessed as you've been acting like. The enemy will take one opportunity of failure as evidence to make you feel like you're a failure. And God steps in and breaks the cycle and says, you didn't catch anything last night, but we're going fishing again. How many are thankful that God refuses to allow you and I to get swallowed up by a cycle of failure? You might have failed, but you do not have to be a failure. And he says, let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. And this time I want you to go to a different place. And I'll touch that in a minute. But let me just tell you this. When God breaks a cycle, it's to keep you from falsely identifying with a reality that you were never intended to walk in. Some of you have got to be able to say, and I don't care if it's been years. God broke a cycle of failure in Israel that lasted 40 years in the wilderness. God broke a cycle of failure that lasted 18 years in a woman who was bent over in the synagogue and the Bible said she could in no wise lift herself up. When Jesus walked into the synagogue one trip into Jesus' presence, he looked at her and said, woman, thou art loose from that infirmity. In other words, 18 years you had this, but you will not have it another day in your life. Oh, let me talk about the man who for 38 years was sat down at the side of a pool and lived for almost four decades in a cycle of failure and all it took was one trip for Jesus to say wilt thou be made whole oh that ain't it let me talk about the woman with the issue of blood who for 12 years was in a cycle of defeat and failure and began to get a complex about how jacked up she was and one day she said to herself I better quit because I feel like preaching she said to herself if I can just touch him I don't know Know what the rest of them jokers did with all the money I gave them but I didn't get any better I got worse and when she touched him what got what was in him got in her and what was in her got out and the cycle was broken touch your neighbor tell him God's gonna increase your capacity but he's gonna break a cycle to do it. He'll break a cycle of doubt, oh God. He'll break a cycle of fear. He'll break a cycle of bondage. He'll break a cycle of addiction. And you say, and the devil says, yeah, but I've had them 18 years. And you better find out what you're gonna do with the rest of your life being free from that because you're not gonna be a slave to it. Another day in your life. I got to, this is an introduction. We got to calm down. Please calm down. <laughs> Cycles are being broken so that capacity can be increased. 
God wants to increase your capacity, but you have to break, allow Christ to break you out of the cycle. Now, he says to Peter, Peter, launch out into the deep. Drop down your nets. And I touched on this here last Sunday, and I'm just going to give it a little bit more, and then I'm going to move to the next thing that I see in this text. When Jesus says launch out into the deep, he gives Peter an invitation. An invitation to the deep place. Now, let me talk about the deep place. Because when you start talking about the deep place in church, people either get nervous or they're like, yeah, let's go. People get nervous because they think deep means weird. Sometimes I will tell you deep is different. But the deep place in God is where you want to be. Where your feet don't touch bottom. Where you're not the one calling the shots. Where you literally do what Peter said. When Jesus said, launch out into the deep, Peter said, master, now, this is an interesting word because it's only used a handful of times in the New Testament. It is not the word Adonai, which means Lord and Master. No, that's not what this word means. This word means the superintendent, the one calling the shots. That's literally what this word Master means in the Greek. When, when, when Peter looked at Jesus, Peter was the expert fisherman. Jesus is the carpenter. The carpenter looks at the fisherman and says, I'm going to tell you where to go fish. And the fisherman wanted to look back in the carpenter and said, you go build tables and I'll stick to fishing. But Peter knew something about Jesus. This is not just a table maker, this is master. And if you can see Jesus as master, then when he gives you a word, you don't spend your life in analysis paralysis. If you can see Jesus as master when he tells you to do something, you don't spend your time trying to figure out how he's going to do it. You say like Mary, be it unto me according to your word. I don't know how you're going to do this, but I know you're the master and the superintendent. Watch this. And the superintendent said, when, when, what, I want you to get out of this shallow end and launch out into the deep. Wait a minute, God. Uh, fish don't gather in the deep in the daytime. That's not how we fish. Fish don't go to the deep place in the daytime. That's not what they do. And I want to tell you this. Most of the time, they would be correct. Fish don't go to the deep place in the daytime unless they have a reason to. Well, what would cause a fish to want to swim to the deep end in a big school in a place they don't usually gather at a time they're not usually there? What would make fish do that? A voice. What voice? The master who created them in Genesis 1 and gave fish life and put them in the ocean. That same master that gave them life started talking to them in the Sea of Galilee and said to the fish, I'm the superintendent that tells you where to go. Get to the deep place. And can't you see the fish? The fish looking up saying, why are we going to the deep end? And they're going to the deep end because a disciple has decided I fished all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'm going to the deep end. The point is this. If you get to where God told you to get, God will talk to your blessing and tell it to get there too. Stop somebody tell them God's talking to your blessing right now. 
Some of you are wondering how you're going to pay your bills. God's talking to your money. God's talking to your boss. Oh, y'all looking at me funny. But when God gets in your business and you call him master, he will talk to everything that's connected to you. And if you get to the right place, he'll get it there. He will get your blessing to the right place. He is the master. If you will listen to God, your blessing will listen to him too. But I digress. I, I, I really don't want to preach that point today. I, I want to talk about this business of partners. Because if you're going to see an increase in your spiritual capacity, I want to know who you're partnering with. Lord have mercy. I usually say this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I'm going to take it a step deeper today. Show me your partners and I'll show you your capacity. Let me teach here. Open your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to slow down and teach. But I feel like hollering. So I'm conflicted. So I'll teach now and holler in a minute. Second Corinthians chapter six. Can you put that up on the screen for me, brothers? Oh, ye Corinthians. This is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. You're taking notes, you wanna write this down. Say partners. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say partners will help you or hurt you. The people who you are connected to will either, will either increase your spiritual capacity or it will help decrease your spiritual capacity. Oh, ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you. Our heart is what? Come on, say it. Enlarged. Next verse. You are not straightened or shrunk. That's the key. That the, key the word there in the Greek is made small. You are not straightened or shrunk or made small in us, but you are made small in your own heart. Keep going. Next verse. Watch this. Now for a recompense in the same. Don't you love King James? Who can understand this? I speak as unto my children. Be ye also what? Enlarge. Can you do the next verse? I didn't tell you that, but I want them to see what the next verse is in context. And I'll wait for you to get it and peel it and put it on there. But the next verse talks about being unequally yoked. See that? I'm going to teach this. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what? For, how many have ever heard this scripture quoted, especially in a holiness church? When y'all started getting married to sinners, we quoted this scripture and we would rebuke. Don't be getting unequally yoked with them unbelievers. Come on, y'all. And I still believe that. I believe Christians ought to marry Christians. Y'all, I'll come down off this stage. I said, I believe Christians ought to marry Christians. And I believe Christians ought to get married to Christians and not just live with Christians. And I'm not being mean or critical. I will, I, we will hold a, a, we did this. How many remember four years ago we had a mass wedding and we married like 12 couples? 
all at the same time and paid for the wedding and the cake and the friends and everybody that came to church did that because we have so many people getting saved who were living together and I'm not being mean they were living together because that's what they thought they could do and when they got saved they started saying we don't feel right about this we need to get married and I said you do and if you and they said pastor we don't have the money to get married I said well, you know what we're going to do a mass wedding church will pay for it we had a party out how many remember that had a party out in the lobby and had a celebration I want to say this you who are born again don't need to be dating and hanging and checking people out that are not in the kingdom of God. Boy, that's... Somebody start the car up. If you... if, if uh, Well, you know, I feel like the Lord told me that if I keep dating them, they're going to get saved. Listen, you are not the Apostle Paul. You are not a missionary dater. Okay, so the reality of it is you don't need to be unequally yoked, but he's talking about something more than marriage and dating here. Now watch this. Paul, let me go back and break this down for you. Say partners will help you increase or either decrease spiritual capacity. So Paul says, go back to verse 11 for me. Let's walk through this. Paul says to the believers at Corinth, he says, Corinthians, our mouth, which means what we were saying, our message, our speech, is wide open to you, our heart wide open to you. We, we are looking to have connection. That's what he's saying. We were connected. We're speaking life into your life. We're giving you the truth. We're giving you the way of God. We're telling you the, 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 the word of the Lord and you're growing. And he said, our heart is wide open to you. We're in this relationship together. Next verse. But the problem is you're not, but the problem is uh, uh, that, that there's this, shrunken capacity and it's not small and shrinking because of us because we're wide open giving you all we got but the capacity in your spirit is small because you have shut your heart off to us next verse watch this for now a recompense in the same and then he says just like we have an open heart to you you do the same and open up your heart to us in other words let's be partners together Let's work together in the kingdom of God. Let's advance the kingdom together. Quit making this. What he's saying is quit making this a one-sided investment. We are speaking to you. We're giving you all we got. Our hearts are open to you. Our mouths are open to you. We're sharing the word of the Lord and we're giving you everything we got and you have this narrow way of living and you have kept us out of your life. And he said, now open your heart. Enlarge your heart toward us. And then that passage comes almost out of nowhere. And be ye not, next verse please, unequally yoked together. What's he really saying? He's saying, here you have some people in your life that are pouring into you, giving you the word of the Lord. They care about your spiritual future. They love you enough to tell you the truth. They love you enough to walk with you through your failure, your pain, your problems. They they're there for you. They give you everything they got and you shut them off. But on the other hand, you got partnered up with some evil people. And Paul says, how in the world are you going to soar with eagles if you keep connecting and partnering with chickens? How are you ever going to be everything God wants you to be if your entire life is about being yoked up and partners with people that do not? I want you, don't do it, don't say nothing, don't cry, don't wink, don't do nothing. It's a rhetorical question. I want you to take inventory of who you spend a lot of your time with. 
And if the people who you spend a lot of your time with are people that constantly draw off of you and suck out of you, and when they do get ready to invest something, it's darkness, it's nastiness, it's perversion, and you're always surrounded by people who never have a kingdom mindset, they, they, they never talk about the goodness of God. I'm not telling you you can't have friends, but there's a difference between friendship and fellowship. And in 2023, I feel like I need to tell somebody who you are partnering with is going to help determine your spiritual capacity. There, there are circles of access into our lives. And the problem with some people is that they have shut off kingdom voices and they have opened the door for people who don't even know God. And all we do is hear this, this barrage of negativity. And you get that from the church people sometimes. You gotta be careful what you let in your heart and in your ear and in your eyes because your ear gate and your eye gate are an access to your heart. And if you are trying to figure out why you're always struggling with doubt and fear and unbelief, if you will take inventory of those who are speaking into your life, it will help you understand why you are struggling to expand in spiritual capacity. I don't just need friends who understand football with me. I need kingdom citizens who understand kingdom principles and kingdom life so that when the enemy shows up they don't just sympathize they take authority with me over my problem and my pain and stand with me until I get a breakthrough you need to be careful who has access into your I'm not talking about being arrogant and nasty you know some people take this message and they go to the extreme with it and if people come and try to talk to them, talk to the hand. I ain't, you're too spiritual. It's not that, that I don't, I have a lot of friends who are not born again. And I can have fun with them, we can have friendship, but we don't have cornania. What in the world, cornania? Cornania is spirit-empowered fellowship among brothers and sisters in Christ. You've gotta be very careful in 2023, that you don't allow people access to places in your heart that will shrink your spiritual capacity. I used to, I used to, and listen, I'm not talking just about, you know, this would be easy if people wore a badge that says, capacity shrinker. <laughs> it would be very easy to be like, oh, I can't, my pastor told me, no, 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 no. But ain't it like that? Some of them are even in the kingdom. Some of them are even preachers. Oh God, negativity all the time. I used to go to this preacher's meeting. We did it once a month and we were supposed to have prayer. We prayed for three minutes and complained for an hour and a half. I would leave like this. Until one day I recognized that ain't a prayer meeting. I actually feel worse after that meeting than I did before the meeting started. Why? Because listen, listen, you got to be careful that people who, who you open your heart to are opening their heart to you and to the thing God has for you. Amen. Say partners. This word partner comes from the old, the old English um, origin. The entomology of this word, it comes from an old English origin. Don't miss this. And it means that you have a part in something. That's where the word partner comes from. Partners are people who play a part and have a part in the thing God is getting ready to do in your life. They play a part 
and they take part or have a part of the thing God is getting ready to do in your life. Mm. Jesus tells Peter, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. Now I wanna tell all the scholars in the room that will be quick to rebuke me, yeah, but in the Greek, it was singular in both locations. It is not conclusive in the Greek. There is a reason why different translations say nets or net. It is because the earliest manuscripts differ. And most of the manuscripts actually use the plural in this place. Jesus said, literally, let down your nets. When he said, let down your nets, he was not just telling Peter to go get more nets. He was making sure Peter understood that he had to get connected to the right people who had a net to join with his net. He was actually speaking to Peter's ability to partner for the harvest that was coming. When he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets, he said, Peter, I want you to get to the deep, but don't go by yourself. Take some people who got a net with them and y'all put y'all's net together. All of y'all's nets can't handle. I'm about to preach in this church. He said, you're getting in ready to go into a place where what you got in your boat can't handle what I'm getting ready to put in it. So you better be connected to some partners who have a part to play and a part to receive. God, I feel like preaching here. What would I tell you if your increase, what would you say if I told you God's ability to increase in your life was ability, was, was contingent and predicated upon your ability not to waste it when he sends it. Let down your nets for a catch. Peter said, "Woo! at that word, I will let down my net. He already blew it. Read the text. Go back to Luke 5 for me. Launch out in the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. Next verse, please. Next verse, please. Verse 5. But Simon Peter answered, said, Master, we toiled all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at that word, I will let down the... What? Net. How do you blow it that quickly? Jesus said, get out to the deep. Let down your nets. Peter said, I got you. I'm heading out there. I'm taking my net. I can see Jesus going, oh God. This is about to be an unmitigated disaster. He launched down into the deep and he took his net. And Jesus is just watching this all happen. I try to tell him, y'all. I'm getting ready to do something in his life he's never seen. And he gets out there in the deep and he drops down his net. And all of a sudden, the unthinkable happens. Fish start flying to the net. Peter sees the net jerking. Oh, got a few fish here. Oh, what is happening here? Oh, I can't even pull it in. My God, the boat starting to sink. I did a little research and I found out that most boats in that day are seven and a half feet wide by 25 feet long, approximately. 
Most boats in that day were seven and a half feet long by 20 feet wide. This bears out, if you've ever been to Jerusalem, there is an actual institute and a, and a museum just on the, on the shore of Galilee. And they actually found a boat from around the first or second century. And it's about that long, about seven and a half feet wide by about 25 feet long. And if it's seven and a half feet wide by 25 feet long, it could actually, if you filled the boat up, it's about, it would be about two tons of fish per boat. That's a lot of fish. I see Raymond over here who goes to the, uh, down to the Gulf and he brings me back shrimp because he got a shrimp boat. Shrimp. Somebody said, what kind of shrimp do you like? Dead shrimp, any kind of shrimp. Fried, broiled, shrimp kebab, shrimp scampi. I like all kinds of shrimp. I ain't never met a shrimp I didn't like. Like my, like my friend on uh, Forrest Gump, shrimp kebabs, barbecue shrimp, fried shrimp, smoked shrimp. And about after an hour and a half, Bubba said, I think that's about all the kind of shrimps there is. That's me. I like all kinds of shrimp. Raymond brings me back shrimp, and he'll show me pictures sometime of shrimp all over the boat. Can you imagine being Peter and catching nothing the night before? And a carpenter who builds tables tells you, get to the deep and drop down your nets. And he goes out there and says, well, I guess at the word of the master, I drop down my net. All of a sudden, fish start swimming to the net. And all of a sudden, he got more fish than he knows what to do with. When God starts blessing you, who you are partnered to will determine your spiritual capacity. Can you have, can you imagine, oh, this is, don't miss this. Had Peter not had the right partners, I'm not trying to over, overstate this. I am not trying to work something out of this text that is not there. But my mind leads me to believe that the boat began to sink. Can you imagine the blessing being so substantial that had he not had the right partners who helped him increase his spiritual capacity, his blessing could have actually sunk him? And do you know that there are people, and I know that's true, because there are people in the kingdom of God, their success has ruined them far more than their failure has. Why? Because as God begins to bless you and your as your boat begins to fill up, if you don't have the right partners, the blessing will start getting in the boat and one boat can't handle it all. You were never meant to be so blessed that you didn't share it with somebody. And the people that become so narcissistic and myopic and they see the fish as merely their, their blessing and they don't understand that God is in a kingdom mindset. He's not just trying to fill your net. He has your partners in mind and he wants the kingdom thing to happen. Don't let your blessing sink you by being selfish. Selah. Don't let your blessing sink you by being so selfish. Peter is bringing all these fish in and, and he's trying to figure out how am I not going to sink two tons of fish? Fish all in the boat. The boat is starting to sink. And he looks around and he says, this ain't working. Help! This is Wallace Unauthorized Translation. Peter is hollering, James, John, get your mama and all of them. Somebody help me. And they start rowing out there. Bring their net. 
and it's so much fish that everybody connected to Peter starts feeling the weight of the blessing. Y'all, I'm not trying to make more of this than that. I'm trying to shape, I'm trying to help you understand something. God is doing this in this story to shape the mind of a man who had depended on his own ability all of his life. And Jesus is saying to Peter, I'm going to get you so good that when I get through blessing you with this, you will never be able to blame it on somebody, some connection. It'll never be that system. It'll never be your sugar daddy. It'll never be that one that gave you the hookup. Oh God, I'm about to bless you, Peter, and everything connected to you so much so that when I get through with it, it's going to make you fall down and say, surely he is the son of the living God. It was, listen to me, it was not judgment that made Peter weep. It was not the harshness of God that made Peter tremble. It was not the judgment of God that made him repent. It was a boat full, I feel the Holy Ghost here. It was a boat full of fish flapping all over his feet that made him say surely you are the son of the living God I'm telling you God blew the mind of the apostle you hear me God is going to blow your mind in 2023 somebody better hear me you're tired of fishing in your own power you're tired of raising children in your own power you're tired of trying to run a business in your own strength the master is about to give you one word if you run with the word God's about to bless you and everybody connected to you slap somebody tell them you're about to be glad we're partners yes you have a part in what God is getting ready to do in my life I have a part in what God is about to do in your life if this was a little blessing I would go sit down and teach a lesson but this ain't a little blessing God is about to bless you goodness Press down, shaking together, touch somebody, tell them, get ready, get ready, get ready. So why? I'm sorry. I got to answer this question before I leave you. But I have a question. Why? Oh, go ahead and take it all, sweet lady. Somebody ought to help her praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's just go ahead and do it real quick. A 20-second praise break for what's on. Ooh, what's on the way? Yes. You say, Pastor, I've been asking him for this. I want to tell you what he told me to tell you. Not only is he going to give you what you asked for, but he's going to do abundantly above. Oh, Lord. All you can ask or think according to the power Lord I gotta go watch this watch this he gets the fish in and it's all going everywhere and he calls for his partners and don't call for nobody don't call for nobody in your season of blessing who wasn't with you I'm going to come over here and teach this part. Don't call for nobody in your season of blessing that didn't stick with you when you caught nothing the night before. Hey! I'm getting ready.
ready to see a miracle and the same folk that caught nothing are about to be the very ones who are about to be glad they're still oh lord i got i can't touch that one i got to go on that one he he says he says he falls down and was astonished mind blown and then I missed this all these years I've been preaching this text I missed this he looked at Peter and said from now on my God he said from now on from this moment forward you're not gonna just catch fish but you're gonna catch men in other words I let this whole thing happen so that you could see that what works in the fishing a fish is gonna work in the fishing of men Lord I feel like preaching here he said Peter you're about mm, you're about to move from catching living fish that you watch die to catching dead men that you watch come to life oh Lord I gotta holler about that that God said your life you've been catching living fish and you've been watching them die but for the rest of your life you're gonna catch dead men and you're gonna watch them live look at somebody tell them increase oh increase my spiritual capacity let me understand that the success I had in the world will never become greater than the success I'm getting ready to see in the kingdom I gotta go here. I gotta go here. So he got this boat full of fish and he had to call some help and they come and they start catching all these fish. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one mind. They were all in one accord and it wasn't a Honda. And they were all in one place. And suddenly, 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 there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and cloven tongues of fire sat up on each of them and they all began to speak with tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. The Bible said that Peter stood up when they started saying they looked like drunk men. It was Peter, the same one who launched out into the deep, the same one whose boat got full of fish, the same one who almost sank in the blessing of God. That man saw the whole multitude. Everybody was wondering what was going on. And they said, these men are drunk. And Peter said, oh no, these men are not drunk. Can I preach like I feel it today? As you suppose. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And he kept on preaching until all the fish sitting at the pool that day looked at Peter and said, what do we do? He said, I know what to do. I remember how he filled the boat in Luke 5. And he, he preached to them a salvation message. And it wasn't two tons of fish that jumped in the boat. It was 3,000 men that came out of death. Yeah! Yeah! Slap your neighbor, tell him we're getting ready to go fishing. We're getting ready to go fishing. This is the year of increase. This is the year of abundance. This is the increase. 
stand with me, I'm through preaching. I dare you. I dare you to see every indication of success God's ever given you in anything as a pre-announcement of the greater success that's coming in your spiritual walk. If you thought the business being blessed was the greatest thing, you missed the kingdom. It was never about the fish. It's never about the money. It's never about the job. It's never about the increase of stuff. It's all given so that your mind can be stretched out of a place of limitation into a place of expectation for more. I want you to shake hands with seven people in your zip code and tell them I declare God is increasing your spiritual capacity. Yeah, shake hands with seven of them and tell them this year, this is the year. Yes, this is the year where God is not just going to fill your boat with fish. God is going to empty hell of its authority and save dying men and give them I feel the power of God. Dying men are going to find eternal life. Dying women are going to come out of sex trafficking. I felt that in my soul. I felt that in my soul. Dying women are coming out of sex trafficking and they're coming into the... I need somebody to dance. Somebody to shout. Hey! Go ahead. Where are the sisters who can dance like Deborah dance? Shout like Miriam shout. a prophetic word. Did you hear what Devin said when she introduced Choices and Willow Bend Farm and all of our other? I didn't even put it together, y'all. But God was prophesying that the blessing coming on us is getting ready to get on them. Hey, Choices! God's got you covered. Willow Bend, God's got you covered. Yeah! Take 20 more seconds and praise God for the increase.
one more shout of praise. Come on. Listen, I need to tell you this before I pray. I love you, Seth. Hey! I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I just got a picture of nets that are overflowing with blessing and increase. Somebody take 20 more seconds and give God praise. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. This is the year. Not see it, but I hear, I hear rain. I cannot see it, but I hear, I hear rain. Abundance. I'm not just excited, I'm expecting. And it's not just cause I got a feeling, but I got a promise. And I want you to open your heart this year to kingdom people who are partners. Why are they partners? Cause they have a part to play and will receive a part of what God is going to do in your life. I, this whole week, it's been crazy, y'all. I, I don't want to overstate it, but I don't know how many people, let me say it that way, who texted and reached out this week and said, we have an anticipation that this year is going to be the greatest year of our business. It's going to be the greatest year for our family. Do you know how foolish that sounds? To look at the foolish, crazy mess happening in this world and have the unmitigated gall to say, God's going to give us the best year we've ever had in our life. And you would say, Pastor, how can God do that in an economy like this? It's because you got your eyes on the wrong God. If Joe was my God, I'd be having a nervous breakdown. But Yahweh, Jehovah, is my God. I don't serve El Chipo, I serve El Shaddai. I don't serve Jehovah, maybe I serve Jehovah Jireh. Somebody give him praise. I cannot see it, but I hear, I hear rain. Hands up, I want to pray for you. Father, more than the emotion of a moment is the conviction of my eternal spirit that you are going to bless these people this year. And I thank you that they're going to hear and obey your voice and get to the place. And when they get to the place, you are already going to have spoken to their blessing 
and it will meet them at the place where you're telling them to get to. I declare in the name of the Lord that what you will do in their life in the, in the midst of expanding their spiritual capacity, what you're going to do is blow their mind and leave them astonished. And I pray for the judge, the, the person in this place that is so religious in their mindset that they feel it is your judgment that leads people to repentance. Remind them of what Peter said. It is the goodness of God that leads a man and woman to repent. And God, I'm praying that this year, a boat full of fish would bring conviction to a person who keeps on straying. <sighs> Take the crooked out of them, Lord. Jerk the crooked right out of our heart. And you don't have to judge us to get us straight. It is the goodness of God that's gonna straighten us out. So straighten us out. If you're in this room right now, you need to make Jesus Lord. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're in this room, you would say, Bishop, I need to get right with God. I don't know if you've ever been right with God or never been right with God, and it don't matter if you've never been or you have, but it's been a long time. If you're in this room right now and you need to get right with God through his son, Jesus Christ, I'm counting the three for you. And I want you to shoot your hand up and say, Pastor, I need to just get, I need to get it right. Get it under the blood I need in January of 2023. I need to get my life in order and I'm gonna start today. If I'm talking to you right now, don't you hesitate and act like you got all kind of time. Today is the day of salvation. When I say three, if I'm talking to you, just shoot your hand up, we wanna pray for you. And God's gonna make everything right through the blood of his son Jesus in your life. One, two, three. Lift your hand right now. God bless you, sir. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Bless you, bless you. I see hands. Put your hands down, family. Everyone look at me. There's no judgment, condemnation in this house. Ain't nobody gonna ask you what you've been doing. It ain't none of our business. Here's what we know. We are all saved by grace. Anybody who prays for you was jacked up and messed up just like me and all of us. And today we're not what we're gonna be, but we can testify by the grace of God we are not who we used to be. Yeah. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go as an evangelist right now to your neighbor on your right and left. And here's what I want you to do. Whether you've known them your whole life or you never met them before today, I want you to ask them one question. Do you need someone to go to the altar with you and pray? And if you lifted your hand or you should have, when they ask you that question, if you needed prayer, if you lifted your hand or you should have lifted your hand to get right with God, they'll come down here with you and I'm gonna stand right here and meet you. Right here all over this house. I saw at least 10 hands. I'm not gonna come get nobody. But if you wanna get right with God, come out your seat. Come stand with us right now. We're going to pray. Come on. Anybody at all? I want to give my life to Christ. I'm giving my life to God. Anybody at all? Come on. Don't be ashamed. Come on, buddy. Come on. God bless your friend. God bless your friend. Come on, family. Come on. Oh, they're coming down the aisle. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Come on. They're coming and we're clapping. They're coming and we're celebrating. Somebody give him real praise. I mean, it'll be good if God blesses you with a great financial year. But this is why we came to church today. This is really what the increase is all about. They're still coming and we're still shouting. Hallelujah. They're still coming and we're still clapping. Come on. 
We celebrate it. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart. Sing while they pray, come on. It was, I received my son. Sing it again while they pray at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. Oh, it was there. I want you to stretch your hands toward this altar and pray for these precious brothers and sisters that have come today like you want somebody to pray for you if you came to the altar hallelujah pray for them lord i pray a multiplying of your peace and grace upon their heart and mind rob the devil of every ounce of influence and authority he had over their mind give them freedom in the name of the lord Bless them and free them by the power of God in the name of Jesus. I break every cycle of failure and defeat over your life in Jesus' name. I speak by the power of the Holy Spirit, the truth of God, that you are free. If the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. I declare you're free today. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I surrender, say, I surrender all. Come on, family, sing. I surrender all, all to thee. My blessed Savior. I think that's something we can all do before we leave today. Even the saved who have been saved a long time, can we all lift our hands and give Him our hearts? Sing. I surrender. As we lift our hands, we sing to you, Lord. I surrender. Say all to thee, my blessed Savior. My blessed Savior. One more time before we go. Let's consecrate our hearts to the Lord and sing. I surrender all. Sing. I surrender all. Father, I pray for an alignment of relationships and partnerships in the hearts of your people. 
in January of 2023, God, I thank you that you are revealing and clarifying who it is that are partners with us in our life. Those who have a part and will play a part, God, I pray that you will reinforce and galvanize those relationships. And I pray people who are pretenders and not partners will be removed. And I pray that that would be done Christianly and kindly, but Lord, we don't have time to stay connected to people who keep causing us to live in a reduced spiritual capacity. So right now, lay your hands on your heart. Come on, right now, God, touch our hearts. Align us with the right people. Remove relationships that are harmful and add people to their life, to our life, who will add value to us and to our spiritual capacity. In the holy name of Jesus. And everybody said, Listen, Wednesday night, I have a dear, dear friend who's coming to preach. He pastors a tremendous church in Chicago, Illinois, and he will be with us, Pastor Reggie Royal. Uh, they are coming, and if you've never heard Pastor Reggie, you are in for a tremendous treat, a mighty man of God. He'll be here Wednesday night, so make sure you invite somebody and get here. Shake hands. If y'all let me get right down this aisle, I'm gonna go hug y'all in the lobby, but if y'all clog the aisle up, I can't get there, so I'm gonna come right behind her. I'm coming. You the left guard, I'm the fullback, and we're running up the middle. I love you. I'll see you Wednesday night in the house of the Lord. Go in peace. Love y'all. Friend, I believe God is a miracle-working God, and the greatest miracle that God could ever work in your life is the gift of salvation. And I believe today somebody's watching me who says, Pastor Kevin, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to God. I want to serve the Lord. I want Jesus to save me. Let's pray this prayer together today. Mean it in your heart. Say, Dear God, I repent of my sins. I turn to you today, Lord Jesus, believing that you're the Son of God and that you died for my sins. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to go to kevinwallace.tv and I just want you to drop us a prayer request and let us know that you gave your heart to Christ. Our team wanna pray for you. We wanna make sure that you're in a good, loving, Bible-believing church wherever you're from and that you continue to grow in your walk with Jesus Christ best days of your life are still ahead of you and we're praying for you today. God bless. I look forward to seeing you next week right here.